What's up, Michigan, and Happy New Year. Welcome to a January edition of State Champs Michigan's Extra Point, the Michigan High School Football Podcast. I'm Lauren Plant. Today we are talking the top 10 most intriguing Michigan high school football regional playoff matchups. But before we get going, I want to thank our partners, of which we are truly grateful Please just bear with me here. First off, Lawrence Technological University. Over two dozen NAIA varsity sports at LTU, but you know this. I tell you about Lawrence Tech and how much I love this place every week. The football team has done a nice job of recruiting recently, but they're not done. They want you to recruit yourself. It's really simple. Go to LTUathletics.com, click on the Recruit Yourself link, fill out the short questionnaire. One of the coaches will get back to you within 48 hours. The website, again, LTUathletics.com. State Champs Michigan Extra Point also brought to you by the Michigan High School Athletic Association, promoting the value and values of educational athletics. Hungry Howie's famous for flavor and the presenting sponsor for years of the State Champs Michigan Mr. Football and Anvil Awards. The Detroit Athletic Club Foundation. Applications are being accepted online all month long for this year's Michigan High School Male and Female Athlete of the Year nominations. Six male and six female. To apply, you need to have been a first-team All-State athlete or projected to be one this winter or spring. You need an overall 3.0 GPA. You need to have shown some school leadership, maybe did some volunteering. We're looking for well-rounded athletes. So, Go to DACAthleteoftheyear.com or click on the banner on our homepage at statechampsnetwork.com. You cannot be nominated if you don't apply, so do it. Deadline is February 1st. Our newest returning champion to State Champs Michigan, the Detroit Medical Center Rehabilitation Center of Michigan, specifically those on the physical therapy and sports medicine team. I want to thank Cheryl Angelelli and Allison Cordellini for always being a big advocate to get game changers going again. These are segments we produce together on subjects such as sensory training, feet strengthening, warming up, the uh, rec- the recovery boot, concussions, just to name a few. Check them all out right now on our State Champs TV YouTube page. Search DMC Game Changers. New segments coming in early February. Welcome back, DMC. Very happy about that. And remember, the DMC's Rehabilitation Institute of Michigan is the only freestanding rehabilitation hospital in Southeast Michigan solely dedicated to physical medicine and rehabilitation, providing hope and healing to patients for over 65 years. And finally, a new partner to join State Champs Network this week, EA Graphics. So as the exclusive provider of the MHSAA Championship merchandise, EA Graphics has raised the level to commemorate and celebrate your distinguished season. You can order all of the championship gear for the recent state finals for golf, tennis, cross country, and soccer. To order all of your fall sports championship apparel, go to shopmhsaa.com. There will be new designs for the upcoming football, volleyball, and swimming diving championships later this month check out shopmhsaa.com for details and the last thing i want to say is that state champs is working on getting highlights of all 34 games this weekend our state champs michigan show with all of it will premiere this Sunday at noon. We are going to work all night long to get it done. If you hear anything I have said so far, hear this. 
Download the free State Champ Sports app. Do it on your phone. If you have Roku or Amazon Fire Stick, do it there. It's totally free, very simple to use. We've got some trivia for you there. You can win some free Howie bread from Hungry Howie's. Watch the shows on the app. We spent a lot of money on the app. We want it to be user-friendly. We, we know it is. You can send us clips that you shot at games in the app. If we like it, we'll post it to our 60,000-plus Michigan followers. Okay. That's out of the way. I want to welcome back the other two amigos of this podcast. Both are members of the State Champ Scout team and just all-around great guys, Scott Bernstein and Matt Mowry. Well, Scott, we'll start with you. Are you ready for some football? I'm ready for some January snow-drenched football. In the freezing cold, this is kind of like uh, I want to have the, the NFL film guy the, uh, this might be dating myself a little bit, but the, the frozen tundra of the, right. of the Michigan High School Athletic Association oh, playoff field. Um, it should be exciting. I mean, it's 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 definitely something we've never experienced before. Um, I, I tip my hat to the state for for logistically getting this done, even though there's been a ton of hurdles. And it just uh, it like it's going to be a little different. We're going to have some some rosters that aren't at full capacity. But uh, we'll we'll crown a champion, and um, it will be exciting to see uh, you know who who raises the belt at the end of the end of the playoff run. Yeah, and Ex- Matt, it, it really is uh, almost surreal that this is actually happening because so many times we got our hopes up only for it to be dashed, but somehow they found a way. And as of right now, we're recording this on Monday. We're playing Saturday. And I could swear, being a Looney Tunes fan or growing up, there was a Bugs Bunny cartoon where he's got a stop, go, stop, go. Oh, yeah. And I couldn't find it. I needed that gif about three yeah. weeks ago when we were dealing with this on, off, right. on, off. And it just – you feel so bad for the kids because they get their hopes up and then it's dashed. And even when it was just, you know, the little bit of miscommunication between the, you know, Department of Health and Human Services and the MHSA about when practices could start and that two-day lag we ended up having to have in there between, you know, when they thought they could start and when they actually could. And hopefully we can just get out on the field. We can get these three weeks knocked out and we can get these champions crowned. So the MHSA, which is tried to insist all along that they wanted to have these three distinct seasons played all the way through can get one of them fully in the books and we can move on to the winter i know the winter you know sports uh coaches and, and athletes are grumbling a little bit about how short their season's going to be but we just want to get them in we want to get them in for everybody so the winter kids can have theirs the spring kids can have theirs and and just kind of get that that sense of closure yeah, I mean, they've all been condensed. Let's be fair. The entire fall schedule was condensed. It's just the way it this is. This is like a once in a hundred years type situation. It really is. So, yes. I mean, everyone's flying blind, yeah. even though we're 10 months into this. Yeah. It's, you know, I, you just kind of have to accept that it's a fluid situation and that, you know, there are a ton, ton of hurdles that can pop up, even when you don't expect them to pop up. And you, you just got to, you know, put, put, put your head down and put your nose down and, and you know, like a coach would tell you, yeah. just go through the wall. You know, don't let don't let anything 
uh, impede your progress. And, you know, again, hats off to MHSAA for, for making sure we're going to get this thing done. Yeah, you see on social media, the kids are getting fired up. They're feeling it now. They're, they, you, know, you see the practices in the snow. They're yep. all ready for it. And uh, they're just going to, you know, again, years from now, this is what they'll remember. The teams that are left, they'll remember this January run. This and, will definitely and be memorable. Epic, you know, no doubt about <laughs> More it. More than normal. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have ranked the top 10 most intriguing high school football regional matchups. Now, this is a combination of input from all of us, and I think it represents the state pretty well overall, so let's get into it. At number 10, in Division 6, Region 4, we have 8-1 and one Clinton at Warren, Michigan Collegiate, undefeated up to this point. This game will be played at 5 o'clock, so it's probably even going to be colder than uh, some of the, than the games at 1, although here in Michigan, a lot of times it tends to stay steady or even warmer towards the end of the day, but this game will be at Bishop Foley. Let's start with Scott Bernstein. What intrigues you about this matchup? Um, I started paying attention to <clears throat> Michigan Collegiate at the end of the regular season, and um, I've fallen in love with their quarterback, uh, Dion Black, uh, just a real diamond in the rough in terms of a high school playmaker as well as a college recruit. He's 6'4". Uh, he's got a big arm. Um, he can, He's mobile. He can get out of the pocket. And uh, I actually put together a uh, on my Bernie's Bites, uh, or actually was it, I don't know if it was Scout Team or Bernie's Bites blog last month. I did a Scout uh, Team. Scout team. Yeah. I did a power ranking for the uh, class of 22 quarterbacks in the state. And I slid him in there. I think I got him at 8 or 9. Um, a lot of people don't know who he is. But uh, he's been a playmaker through the first three rounds of this playoffs. Um, he's got a, a a swag nasty right in front of him, clearing the way, uh, uh, protecting him. Cam Rutherford, who's a, an underrated line prospect. He's got a good receiver. Uh, I think it's Sherrard Foster. Excuse me if I butchered his name. But um, I, I really like what Collegian's doing. And, and with Dion Black uh, at the controls of that offense, uh, just kind of – Having this breakout season, and and I, I, and I, I'm I've obviously been really you know championing him, and I, I'm excited for the rest of the state to to get a to get a glance at Dion Black. Yeah, and if you've looked at the last decade, uh, clearly the one charter school that has separated themselves from the pack is Warren Mission Collegiate. They were in the semifinals in, in 2010. They've had several regional, uh, you know, places. Another semifinal uh, in 17, uh, and they've had some trouble in the early goings of the playoffs too. But here they are back in the regionals. They are undefeated. They have pretty much taken on all comers. I remember they upset Detroit Central a couple years ago with mm -hmm. uh, with Juju, yeah. um, Juju Jordan. I didn't expect that to happen. I mean, six shutouts this year, uh, and say what you want about the level of competition and, and COVID and all of that. Here they are uh, with a lot of momentum, uh, if you can say there's momentum after be having a month off. Uh, but they're taking on a Clinton team, Matt, that uh, exact revenge over Blissfield. Uh, she, that was their one defeat. And uh, I yeah. always give credit to a team that – finds an opponent that they can get themselves corrected up you know against and figure out a way to beat them and they did 16 to 13 and uh you know here here's a team that um you know has not had a lot of playoff success although five years ago they were in the state finals yeah it's the deepest run for clinton since uh 2015 when they finished runner-up for the second time i believe in three years i think both times in the finals they lost to that ithaca dynasty which was right at its peak right about then it was kind of a weird season for them because they they traded the tri-county conference for the lenaway county athletic association this year they essentially swapped places with erie mason that went over um and did and ended up winning the uh 
uh, TCC this year. Um, and, and so, you know, you, you're forming new rivalries. A lot of these teams, they played before, but they weren't conference rivals. And as you mentioned, they lost to Blitzfield in the uh, regular season, then came back and, and beat them 16-13 in the second round, in the district finals. The week before that, they beat here and they essentially swapped places with. So, yeah, it's, it's one of those those teams that kind of flew under the radar as a contender just because they, they were second place in their own conference and, you know, they'd kind of uh, – Worked through th- some some uh, growing pains and trying to fit into that conference. But you're right, Michigan Collegiate is one of those programs that uh, has has been has become almost like a little bit of a an instant uh, microwave dynasty just because they've done so well. I mean, they've only missed the playoffs. They, they they started the program in 2008. That was the only year they missed the playoffs. They've not they've not had a losing season. This is the sixth time in 14 seasons they've won nine games or more. They do only have two regional titles, 2010 and 2017, but uh, this is one of those those programs that keeps knocking on the door and seems like it's about ready to bust through. Do you guys uh, feel comfortable in a prediction in this game? I would go with Michigan Collegiate, but uh, I think Clinton's probably a little more battle-tested based on the schedule. Uh I'd say Michigan Collegiate 24, Clinton 17. All right. I'm going to take Collegiate as well, but in a close game uh, at Bishop Foley. Let's move on to our number nine most intriguing matchup in Division 7, Region 3. Eight known New Lothrop traveling to, again, at Bishop Foley. It's going to be the game <clears throat> earlier in the afternoon at Bishop Foley. Uh, so that's a noon start against Detroit Loyola. Eight and one, Matt. What say you about this game? This is, I mean, two programs that have just been uh, for the small school level over the last five to ten years have just been, you know, dominant. New Lothrop's won ten games or more, ten straight seasons, and obviously uh, won a state title a couple years ago. Um, the Bulldogs did the same thing from 2011 to 2016, made five straight trips to the semis and beyond. Um, and then they had a little bit of a dip before this season. But these are, you know, for schools with fewer than 300 kids in their buildings, these these teams routinely have just outsized talent. I mean, New Lothrop's got Will Miron, who, you know, plays both ways, wide receiver and, and defensive back. They've got Cam Orr, who was the, you know, Flint area defensive player of the year. Uh, a team that just allowed 64 points all season long. And then obviously there's, you know, on, on the other side from Detroit Loyola, there's Michigan State bound Derek Harmon, who had 20 tackles for loss and, and 14 sacks. I mean, yeah, when they're playing the lower levels of the Catholic League, they can kind of dominate, but they pretty much, they, they, the end score against Catholic Central in the, the championship game in the Catholic League was lopsided, but they, they held their own early on in that game. Doesn't Cam Moore play quarterback too for New Lothrop? I think he does. Yes, yep. he he filled in for Avery Moore last year, uh, yep. and I think he had like a seven touchdown game as a backup. So there was some real excitement with him taking over. Um, but I didn't realize until I was doing a little research for this um, for the segment that he's like obviously a better defensive player because he was right. Flint Area Defensive Player of the Year, right? Um, yep. Yep. In terms of this game, you know, from my perspective. Uh, another quarterback that I've been really hyping up the last year or so is Anthony Garrett at Detroit Loyola. Um, he has that kind of Byron Leftwich, Dante Culpepper feel to him. Cam Newton, just a bigger guy. He's about 6'4". He's thick, I think about 230. Um, but he's got a cannon of an arm, man. Uh, 
they played Catholic Central in the kind of the the, the new formatted Catholic League Championship game, and even though uh, Loyola got trucked by by, by a, a very good Division One CC team, Anthony Garrett threw for 300 yards. I they were close to 300 yards, 280 yards um, against a, a, a Division One defense. So. Uh, I think that you know he's a big X factor. Obviously, you got Derek Harmon on the other side of the ball, who's a, a dominant force. And then I just want to correct myself. Uh, I said uh, uh, Shenard Foster was a receiver for Deion Black. I was wrong. Shenard Foster was a receiver for Anthony Garrett. Um, I was confusing the, the two uh, quarterbacks that I like and who their top targets were. But um, I, I like uh, Detroit Loyola in this game just because uh, I think they've played maybe a little bit better of a schedule. You know, I will say, too, we have short memories. Uh, you know, there was that run in t- 2012 through 2016 where Detroit Loyola was a juggernaut. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, we, we had, for a school as small as it is, uh, you know, you would go to the games and you were seeing guys, you're like, man, these guys have potential to play on Sundays. Johnny, Cl- Johnny Callahan. Yeah, I mean, just so many. Uh, and so they also had... You know the uh, good fortune of playing some really tough games this year. That you know they they got to figure out kind of who they are. Beat a, a pretty good Divine Child team. Uh, you know, obviously uh, lost forty five to fourteen to Catholic Central in the playoffs. Though thirty one nothing over Clintonville, fifty to eight over Bishop Foley. Coming in, uh, obviously they had had figured out. Uh, you know exactly where they wanted to go we have to remember with all these teams you'd only only had a lot in a lot of cases uh six regular season games to kind of figure out really who you are and not get a full regular season schedule players whether they were uh you know battle tested or not uh now we we expect to see you know the full complement of of who they are tell you what though new lothrop is a program that is consistently uh great you know and hard to again equate level of competition that performance avery moore had in the state finals back in i think it was 17 or 18 18 yeah was just uh, a, a yeah dynamic, 50 to 44 when very, they beat madison heights madison and, just and austin brown so dynamic and uh just high wattage from from the word go and yeah I think it's going to be a great game, and that's why we're talking about it. Uh, I do see New Lothrop winning this game. That's that's my thought. What about you, Matt? Yeah, I, I would probably shade in that direction. I mean, I think Loyola is going to give them a battle, but I think New Lothrop. I mean, you mentioned strength of schedule. This is a New Lothrop team that kicked the crap out of Montrose yeah. that's still going. I mean, right. that's that, team we're going that, to talk that about. MMAC is it's, it's a little hard to figure yet because it's not a – it's not been around very long, so it doesn't really have a reputation about whether it's a strong league or, or not a strong league. And and yes, the bottom half of it is not very great. But yeah, those two top teams in, in the MMAC can stack up with anybody. And the fact that New Lothrop was able to handle Montrose as, as easily as they did, um, I, I think they've got the, the advantage in this game. I'm still rolling with Loyola. Yeah, I, think I, know. The, I know uh, you are. I think the uh, kind of the the athleticism yeah. that those bulldogs bring is going to be a little too much to handle for yeah. uh, 
Renewal Bowl. Yeah, yeah, we're going to see. Uh, and again, you know, this time off is going to play a huge factor, which teams uh, are ready uh, from the word go, because there is no tomorrow. Right. There to is quote, no tomorrow. To quote a Rocky theme. Yes, there exactly. is no tomorrow. That's right. And it echoed after <laughs> Exactly. Uh, so it'll be interesting. And just for those of you who are curious, uh, as of now, We've got temperatures of 32 degrees and sunny for Southeast Michigan uh, predicted for Saturday. So uh, at least down in these parts, which is the games we've been talking about so far, it uh, weather should not be too much of a factor. Uh, let's move on to our number eight most intriguing matchup, and that hails from Division Two, Region Three, Four and Five, Oak Park. Traveling to 6-2 and two, Livonia Churchill. It is a 1 p.m. start. It is the game that I will actually be filming uh, this weekend. Scott, we'll start with you. Can Oak Park make it five in a row after starting the season 0-5? It, it's actually the, the they added an extra win to them because of the Groves uh, Chicago uh, controversy with the kids that came in from Chicago. Right. So they had to forfeit a bunch of those regular season Got games. Got it. Okay. So there's actually, actually on a three-game winning streak. Okay. But this is not your... <laughs> your average three and six team. Um, this is a team that really had no business being zero and six in the regular season, uh, and has you know just kind of put it all together at the right time. Uh, every, you know, all, clicking on all cylinders. They got back two big pieces uh, uh, from from their offense and defense in um, Rashawn Benny Rashawn and Mar and Marlon and Marlon Dawson. Uh, Benny's going to Michigan State. Uh, Dawson's going to uh, Miami of Ohio. Uh, Benny plays on both sides of the line, and uh, Dawson is a is a is a just a a menace sideline to sideline as a as a linebacker. And then you know you've had huge strides made by uh, James Burnley, their quarterback, who I also think is a real diamond in the rough as a recruit. I don't think he's a Division One recruit, but as a Division Two or NAIA guy, he's six three. Um, you know he's got quick feet, uh, good field, good field vision, and uh, his release has gotten a lot better. His accuracy's got a lot better as the season's gone on, and you know he's been a, a catalyst in this run. Uh, you know we've sp we've spoken about it before. You know, just a lot of these first year quarterbacks did not have the requisite time because of COVID related issues to really get their feet wet. So it wasn't really until the end of the regular season that they were kind of fully hitting their stride. Burnley should have been the quarterback last year. He won the job in camp, and they got injured in the uh, preseason scrimmage. Uh, Frank Black took over, and, um, and he Frank Black's at Ferris State right now. But uh, he, he, we can't forget about a, a Big Ten playmaker in the backfield and Davion Prim. Um, so just a, a ton of playmakers. Uh, another big um, difference maker, I think, in this playoff run was uh, moving Jalen Mines who had been playing kind of in the back of the uh, secondary, they moved him into a Viper spot where he's kind of shifting between linebacker and, and uh, the defensive backfield, and, and that's been a big difference. And um, they also they moved, uh, I think, Kai, Kai, I can't pronounce it, Kyron or Kai John Jackson, I believe, had been, a wide, uh, had been a wide receiver. They moved him to cornerback. Or sorry, they, he'd been a cornerback. They moved him to wide receiver. He's breaking out. So uh, a lot of great things happen in the Oak Park program right now, and I, I'm going to say they're going to go on and win this whole thing. I mean, I think this is just kind of faded that for all these years we've kind of been speaking about Oak Park being an underachieving group and uh, how Greg Carter had that state championship magic 
with all those other programs? Where has it been with Oak Park? And then just everything being so upside down, uh, right is left, uh, up is down, yeah. black is white in this season. Yes. I just think I could see this just being a 0-6 regular season that turns into a state championship. Yes, we, we are in the upside down if yeah. you're a Stranger in Things fan. Yeah. There's no question about it. And, Matt, yeah, the big question is uh, – it. The Oak Park team we're going to see is it the team that lost thirty nine to nothing to West Bloomfield, thirty eight right. to six to Lake Orion, forty seven to yeah. nothing to Clarkston. <laughs> we're kidding. Or the team that upset Gross Point South to start the playoffs, putting upset up thirty five. Beat U of D Jesuits the next week, exactly in a tight battle, and then took care of Wyandotte to get themselves to this spot. Yeah, and this is a team that scored forty five points total. In the regular season. <laughs> I mean, not not a game total in right. the regular season. Gosh, got out, as you mentioned, against Clarkson, West Bloomfield. And granted, those are, you know, top-notch D1 defenses. But, yeah, they're averaging 29 points per game in three playoff wins. So they've kind of fixed that scoring. And, quite frankly, they're going up against a Churchill team that can score with quarterback Gavin Brooks and, and James Targus on the edge and Boston Clegg playing both ways. The problem with Churchill is there, if you look at their, so to speak, but going back to my baseball days, their run differential is not very, you know, it's not a, a wide margin. They give up a lot of points. They score points, but they give up a lot of points. So if this turns into one of those higher scoring games, I think that's when the advantage, you know, maybe tips to a team that has of late picked up the scoring quite a bit. Now, the only thing you wonder about, you know, we, we talked about their momentum that started to build as soon as Benny came back in that Clarkston game and just kept building through the playoffs. Does that carry over after a break of a month? And those momentum things are always weird, fickle, you know, within games and within seasons. So if it does, and I, I think, as, as you said, Scott, this is a team that had no business being 0-6. And I don't think, it's, it's kind of weird that it, when you look at the records that Oak Park has been the favorite in the last couple of weeks when they're still sub 500 yeah. and need to win, you know, one more game to get to 500 well, against their, a six and two team. They had to take a line from uh, Bull Durham. They announced their presence with authority in the first week of the playoffs. And I think people took notice when they upended a Mac red uh, gross point South team yeah. with yeah. Will Johnson, who's the number one yep. recruit in the junior class. Yep. Here's what I'll say. Uh, and I can be the, uh, black sheep in this conversation and say I, I think Churchill's ability to triumph in sh close games shootouts mm -hmm. we can say uh, they're they're fine with giving up points because they know they have to they can do whatever they have to do to score uh, the Dexter playoff game was uh, emblematic in a 52 to 35 game. So obviously scoring was going both ways. Uh, Dexter just overwhelmed them. They did the same against Livonia Franklin. Beat Livonia Franklin twice this year, and uh, and both were high scoring affairs. Uh, and so I'm going to give the nod to Churchill in this one. Uh, you know, this is a, a, a program that uh, you know is is in their second regional in a row. For them, and I, I believe that uh, um, while the Oak Park story is amazing, and I wouldn't be shocked if they did exactly what you say. Uh, <clears throat> I think Churchill at home is going to win this game, but I think it's going to be a shootout, and I could see something along the lines of 36 to 28, which was the score in the last game. I'm going 28-27 Oak Park. Okay. Okay. And Matt, you're taking Oak Park. I'm taking Oak Park. 
<clears throat> All right, good. All right, guys, <clears throat> we got a lot to still get to. Uh, real quickly, I just want you to uh, listen to this. This is uh, courtesy of our friends at the MHSAA, and it's all about recruiting referees. The love of the game draws us to sports as players, coaches, spectators, and officials. For officials, it's a way to stay in the game they once played, to feel the thrill of putting on the uniform, stepping out of the playing surface, hustling to make the call, and building the relationships which could only be built in sports. If you still have that love for the game, we always need new officials. Register now at MHSAA.com. A message from the Michigan High School Athletic Association, promoting the value and values of educational athletics. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the top 10 most intriguing Michigan high school regional football playoff games for the year 2021. We'll actually could be doing this twice, once in January and once in the fall. Uh, so let's move to our number seven matchup. It is in – go ahead. How, how are they going to categorize this? Are they going to categorize this as the 2020 champion, even though we're crowning them in 21? I would think so because when they, when they had the the double season with volleyball, remember when yeah. volleyball moved this, from the, the switch. fall, yeah. those were both labeled as the same year okay. because one finished yeah. in the spring and the right. next one finished. Yeah, so I yeah. think it'll they'll, both be. They'll I mean, just call I would it assume the, if the, they followed that plan. Yeah, they'll just call it the twenty twenty one champions right, right. and the twenty. One champion. That's the only way I can look at it. But yeah, it's a good point. Uh, wild stuff in Division Two. This is our number seven top ten most intriguing regional football playoff game. Muskegon Mona Shores coming in at nine and zero, going to East Lansing to take on an eight and zero East Lansing team. This game is scheduled for one p.m. Now, Matt, a couple of unbeaten's here. Something has got to give. Uh, East Lansing has not been known traditionally as a football power, got as far as the regionals for the last 12 years. Uh, they had a Mr. Football candidate in Andrew Anthony, very talented, back-to-back, first-team All-State wideout. Uh, I guess the question is, is he playing? Right. What's our, do we know his status? Yeah, because there are guys enrolling yeah. early at Michigan, like Donovan Edwards. But Michigan's, some, of, some of it has to do with when the report date is. So okay. I just I just mm-hmm. broke news or whatever. Go ahead. Reported in the last 24 hours that uh, Donovan Edwards and Maxwell Harrison at West Bloomfield will play the first game of the playoffs, but the next two are still up in the air. Michigan and Kentucky both report on January 18th. The finals are January 22nd and 23rd. So just for... Michigan and Kentucky, those are some of the issues. I know, like with Davison, uh, with Brandon Sullivan, you know, he I don't think he's gone. He left. Yeah. yeah, he's gone. He needed a report yeah, on the right. Gone. But yeah. so Andrew Anthony is a Michigan signee, right. and if those yes. guys are playing, do we assume that he is playing as well, Matt? Yeah, and for both of them, when when we went through signing day, usually the the protocol is for coaches to say, "Hey, X, Y, and Z, these guys are going to be the early enrollees." Um, and just give a list. Both of them were listed by their respective schools, Andrell Anthony with U of M and Ethan Boyd uh, with MSU as being expected to be early enrollees. Now, as we know, the whole playoff between December, you know, 15th and, and now has changed four times. So you can never, you know, you, you can never be positive on this, but as, so the most, I guess we can do right now is go, they were expected to be early enrollees, but they can play. I think one of the, the upsides with, you know, when you look at the East Lansing team is yes, they had a Mr. Football candidate, but 
he wasn't necessarily carrying them completely on his back. I mean, he did not have a, you know, you, you didn't look at his numbers and go, oh my gosh, video game numbers. He's not, you know, he didn't have 30 touchdowns. It was a very balanced team. And it's also a team that's predicated a lot on defense. So even if he does not play and Ethan Boyd does not play, this is still a team that's got a very good chance of winning this game simply because of the way they're built. You know, with, with Ambrose Wilson, you know, he's, he's the quarterback, plays both ways, throwing for 134 yards per game, 12 touchdowns total. Asher Gregory, another junior, the running back, is averaging about 100 yards a game, has five touchdowns. They've got a couple running backs with five touchdowns. But, I mean, you look at it, both defensive ends are the guys that you have to kind of watch out for. Sebastian Smith's got eight tackles for loss, and – uh, Connor Long's got five. I mean, those are the guys that kind of put the pressure on. I think everybody kind of sat up and took notice in in week two of the regular season when the East Lansing team that we thought would be very good. But as you mentioned, they've been good but not great over the last couple of decades. I mean, it's been – they haven't won a regional title since 2007. They haven't been this unbeaten this late in the season, and you know, since 2001. I mean, you almost have to go back to the Randy Kinder days for when this was a, you know, right. powerhouse program. I mean, we are a throwback. Randy Kinder yeah. went to Notre Dame, didn't exactly. do much. Right. No. But the sit-up-and-take-notice moment was in week two when they really throttled the defending uh, champ, River Rouge, 21-6. And like I said, 32 points allowed all season, 20 of them in the playoffs – and 14 of them in the district finals against the Porter's Northern team. It's got Anthony Tyus, who's going to Northwestern. I mean, so that's a really, really good offense. And this this East Lansing team has kind of throttled good offenses all season long. Well, they're going to have to do it again because they're getting another good offense in mm-hmm. front of them in a Muskegon Mona Shores team that uh, I believe has been on a mission. Uh, this year to separate themselves as one of the elite powers uh, in this state. And they certainly have proven it. And if you talk about week two and the week two win over Muskegon, they, uh, they is where it starts. They served notice in the state finals last year. Yes, they <laughs> I mean, did. Brady Rose, uh, you know, playing out of his mind, going bonkers. Yes. And he's just kind of continued that into uh, into 2020-21. Yeah. Um, Another guy I really like uh, on that team, Gary Humphrey, is their uh, a wide receiver defensive back. He just committed to to Wayne State. He's a playmaker. Um, then uh, up on the line, Mason Kloss is a guy that uh, is is a is a road grader and a um, a guy that 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 clears the way and, and protects uh, Brady Rose and those guys. So it it should be a real battle. Yeah, our Mister Football candidate Brady Rose uh, recently uh, committing to Ferris State. Yep. So he will be uh, probably going not up as there. A, not as a quarterback, but will be there right, as an but, athlete. Yeah, I mean, you could pretty much put him anywhere, anywhere. you want on the field. Plug and play, uh, man. Yeah, yeah. plug and yeah. play. Exactly, and I wouldn't be shocked if uh, at some point he, he steps under center at Ferris State in, in, in some crazy alignment or something that they want to do. Uh, the kid is, is, is all He's that, and, and, they, and they put up uh, you know 50-plus points three times, dropped 77 on Grand Rapids Union. Uh, a lot you know, of wow factor with yeah, Brady Rose. Yeah, and they have uh, – now, granted, Caledonia gave him a game. And I don't know if they were looking ahead uh, or, you know, if, if they just, you know, Caledonia caught fire and gave him a game. 43-35 was the final in that one. Uh, but, again, they found a way to win, and I think that really gives them nothing but momentum. They do not have any early enrollees uh, who are leaving uh, Muskegon Mona Shores? I'm, so they will be fully stocked. I'm predicting 34-24 Mona. Okay, I believe, I'm taking I Mona as well. Cali- 
Yeah, in that Caledonia game, I think it was just Caledonia kind of holding the ball with Carson Vanderhoff. If I recall, he had like 40 carries or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. So, well, those yeah, are good and, game and plans. It's, it's doable. Yeah. Those are good game plans. Yeah, but I, I think, yeah, and I think if you keep the ball away from Mona Shores, maybe that's the plan, but they just have so many weapons. I, th- I think Mona Shores wins this one, too. Yeah. The problem is you have to deal with Brady Rose on defense. And he, he um, and on special teams. Yeah, and he's usually making plays. If, yeah. if you want to keep him off the field as a quarterback, uh, he's going to be on the field. Yep. <laughs> so uh, he, he will be there. So, uh, yeah, so we're all, we're all taking him on the shorts. I think it will be a great game, and that's why it's part of our top ten most intriguing regional football matchups. Let's move to number six. This is in Division Seven, Region 2, 9-0 Cass City at 9-0 Ithaca. This game to be played. Played at the Legacy Center in Brighton, one of a couple of matchups that will be played there mm-hmm. at the day. Uh, 2.30 start will be that one, uh, which already makes it um, very interesting now that uh, weather is completely taken uh, out of the game. And uh, and it's uh, a couple of unbeatens. Matt, what in your mind will the indoor effect have on this matchup? I think it will probably help... Ithaca just a little bit with their, you know, ability to spread the field, whether it's, you know, uh, Brady Hesbrook running it or, or, or throwing it or Zach Poff catching it or running it. I mean, they, they have, they're such a diversified offense always. I think it's going to be one of those, you know, irresistible force versus a movable object kind of games. The Redhawks gave up 27 total points in the regular season, 24 of them in a four-point win over – uh, Unionville Seaboing and just given up 87 points on the entire season. Last year, they gave up 79 all season. This is a stout, stout defense. This Ithaca team, though, has scored 348 points in nine games where you go, okay, yeah, well, the 2013 team, you know, scored 710. That was one of yeah. the top three of all time. Yeah, if you yeah. average it out, though, considering the fact that if this two playoff forfeits where you only get two points, if you take those out of the equation, this team is averaging 49 points a game. That 2013 Ithaca team, which was one of the all-time teams, averaged 50.7. So it's right there with, you know, scoring-wise with one of the greats. And obviously, Brady Hesbrook under center, this is going to be his swan song. Little nicked up last year in the playoffs, and he's fully healthy this year, and he's just crushed it all season long. He was the AP uh, D7 and 8 player of the year, and he's obviously got, you know, Dayton commit Zach Poff to throw to. It's it's going to be it's going to be one of those colossal matchups on that specific side of the ball. I think obviously Cass City's got, you know, a good offense, but I think their defense against Ithaca's offense is going to be the game. You know, uh, Scott Cuthrell does, a, does, a, does an amazing job uh, coaching Cass, Te- Cass Tech, <laughs> coaching Cass City. Uh, yeah, Tom, Tommy Wilcher, move over. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I think a, a real X factor here, uh, at least for Cass City, is their star linebacker, Jeremy Velasquez, who mm-hmm. will be, if you're a Cass City fan, hopefully will be the antidote to uh, – uh, Brady Hesbrook on the other side of the uh, uh, on the ball. Um, Velasquez is averaging, I think, eight or nine tackles a game. Uh, he gets sideline to sideline. Uh, you know, you know, great motor, uh, great closing speed. So you know, it, it will be kind of up to him to to contain Hesbrook. Cuthrell will obviously uh, put together some. Uh, you know, he's 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 a tactician. He'll put together a great game plan. So I expect this to be real close. But um, I, I would have to go with uh, Ithaca at, at the end. 
Yeah, it's interesting looking at the Cass uh, City way that things have laid out this year. You know, they just were killing everyone, you know, outside of the USA 2024 game. Uh, I mean, you know, following that win, they beat Carroll 54 to nothing and Marlette 50 to nothing. But the playoffs have been a different story. You know, they, they have been, all the teams have been in the games. Uh, they certainly have found ways to win over Reese, Sandusky, and Hemlock. Ithaca will be their toughest challenge uh, to date. And uh, I agree with you. I think because of the fact that weather will not be a factor, and uh, Ithaca, I mean, you've just got to give credit to uh, what Terry Hesbrook has done with that program and the way that those – and just the system that because, those kids be, play in. Because they're in the lower division, you know, Terry does, does not really get his due, in my opinion. Obviously, within the the uh, media bubble, within the coaching fraternity, he does. Yeah, he was the coach of the year, for instance, right. by the but Detroit Lions in, a few years in back. In terms of, like, when people kind of – that aren't – I know. You know, uh, you know, when you take a look at back, look at it more macro than micro, uh, he doesn't really get put into the conversation when you're talking about Mount Rushmore of coaches right now, but he definitely deserves to be in the conversation, if not right on that Mount Rushmore with, you know, uh, with with the George Porritts yeah. and the Thomas Wilchers uh, of the of the of the state. So we're all taking it. Yeah, I think some of that with Terry is that he's not a chest pounder. I mean, he's not somebody no. who's going to toot his own horn a whole lot. I've known him for a long time. And if, given the fact that he was following a Hall of Fame coach at Ithaca, mm -hmm. those first couple of years when he was kind of ramping it up, you know, were, were kind of – you know that that was when people were a little uncertain about how it was going to go at Ithaca, but he's just yeah, you're right. He belongs on that Mount Rushmore. Breaking right now. national records, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. not just local, right? State records, no doubt. When he's when he's when it's all said and done, he's he's going to be right up there as, as some of the greatest we've ever seen uh, in the state, and rightfully so. Our number five, top ten most intriguing regional football playoff game this weekend in Division One, Region One. An East versus West matchup. We have eight and one Celine, a program uh, that certainly has uh, established themselves as a power in Division One over the years. Just have not so far, you know, gotten all the way over the top of that mountain yet. Taking on Rockford, one of the most preeminent programs in the state for decades and decades. They are seven and zero. This game will be at Rockford. Uh, and I know that uh, Rockford feels good about the fact that they've finally been able to put themselves back in a position where a position of strength, quite frankly, uh, because they've had uh, a little bit tough go of it, uh, you know, last couple of years. But here they are. Uh, Facing a good Celine team, two teams I think with a lot to yeah, prove. I'm jacked for this quarterback battle. Uh, Larry Robinson, lightning in a bottle for Celine. I mean, just has all the right moves, makes all the right throws. Just a, a pure playmaker. And then Zach Ahern for Rockford was really broken out this year and has looked outstanding under center for the Rams. Um, you know, this is going to be a clash of the Titans under center. Well, and it's, it's – Rockford's another team that's tremendously predicated on defense. They've just been giving up 13 points a game, outscored teams 243 to 93. And you look at some of the kids they've got on defense. I mean, you've got, you know, Ben Tadich, who's just an incredible linebacker. Next level, you've got Luke McLean, who's going to Grand Valley. You've got Cade Costas, who's a D1 prospect. Who's starting the, to get a lot of the end. 
Yeah, and then he's got was a lacrosse player. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, yeah. No. he's just Did a big kid, 6'4", six, yeah. six, 235, I think he's up yep. to now. You know, and, and then you've got a great name, especially in this state, at nose tackle and Alex Karras. I mean, how much better <laughs> yeah. can you get there? Yeah, it, it's just, this is one of those teams, and especially, you know, you've got a new coach in Brent Cummings who's coming, another guy who's replacing a Hall of Famer, you know, that you've got to try to get up and running. And then this is a team that had, you know, I think there was a three-week span where they missed two games and there was yeah. another that – they thought they were going to, and so you kind of wondered how much that was going to be hard for a, a guy in his first year. I mean, Brent Cummings has been doing it on a high level. I mean, all the way back to his playing days at Belding and then at Michigan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so that he's not new to the sport of football, certainly. But you know, just in your first year as a head coach, how how those kind of things affect you. And he's kept it even keel. This is going to be a great one, especially because I remember covering in the snow two years ago in the regional finals, the matchup between these two teams at Celine that came down to a two point conversion attempt to win it by Rockford. that came up just inches short. And that was, it was one of those instant classic kind of games. It, it should be, this should be one of the real fun ones of the weekend. London, yeah. Uh, London Parish is a, a linebacker. I really like for, for Celine. And then they got, I think it's Kyler, Blake Jones, uh, who's a defensive yep. end, who I think just committed to Grand Valley State. Or He's going to Grand Valley. I think he plays both both lines. Yeah. yeah. So that, it should be it should be an interesting uh, matchup. And uh, just to be clear, Saline is a solution. Celine oh, sorry. is Celine. Uh, the yes. city. So yes. I just want a goodie hate mail. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's all good. They, uh, <laughs> always check me if I'm, if yeah. I'm uh, yeah. off the page. Yeah, exactly. It's always good. Uh, and you know what? I think Rockford, for the most part, would like to put away the decade of 2010 to 2020 because if you look at the 2000s i mean that was again where the team was uh you know every year where we're saying Dynasty. yeah is exactly is you know who's going to be able to beat rockford uh talking about teams out here on the uh southeast side of the state so uh i'm gonna say you know and again if you live in those communities you know how much town-to-town games mean so when you look at uh, a team like Granville for instance you know those those matchups date back decades uh, and there's a lot of rivalry that's built up and, and to beat Granville twice this year you know especially right before the playoffs and then in the playoffs uh, and to beat Holland West Ottawa convincingly Hudsonville another team that uh, is a huge rival of theirs convincingly uh, I, I'm, I'm going to give the nod to Rockford at home uh, here in this one. I think it will be close. Uh, I don't believe it's going to be 13-12. to 12. I think we're going to have a lot more points put up this year. Uh, but I see Rockford pulling it out somewhere in that kind of 28-24 to 24, uh, range. That's my thought on this one. I'll go Rockford 24-21. Yeah, I'm going to go Rockford as well. All right, let's move on. Uh, we shall see our number four matchup uh, that is the most intriguing for us this season in the regionals is in Division Four, and it is in Region Two. It is eight and one Grand Rapids South Christian taking on Edwardsburg, who was undefeated at eight and zero. Oh. This will be a night game. So it is a 7 o'clock start, according to uh, the MHSA webpage. Now, uh, you are both intrigued at this matchup. Matt, we know that Edwardsburg deserves to be in the upper pantheon of Michigan high school football. 
over the last several years, a berth in either the state semifinal or finals four of the last seven years, fell to DeWitt in last year's regional. What do you like about this matchup? Both teams, when you look at them on paper, have been very powerful this year. Yeah, and, and with that conference that Edwardsburg's in, it's it's a little bit like the Downriver League where it's all-inclusive and they don't really play outside the league. So it's kind of, you know, there are one or two teams in the league usually year after year that are really strong. So you only get a couple of litmus test games every year. And this year and the last couple of years for Edwardsburg uh, in the league, it's been pawpaw. You know, and that's a pawpaw team that's got, you know, the Hindenac twins that are both headed to Grand Valley, I believe, or I'm sorry, Michigan Tech. Um, two, you know, Division two caliber players. It, it's, that's a very good you know, pawpaw just put, sent uh, a kid to um, Michigan a couple of years ago, offensive lineman. I'm blanking on his name right now. But it's, this is a, that's a program that's been strong, and they've handled them pretty easily. It was, you know, it was, it was built up kind of as the regular season championship game. Uh, for Edwardsburg, and it, it was, you know, easier than maybe people had thought it was going to be. They've kind of turned into one of those machines, you know, that really just kind of, op- and it's not necessarily based on any one player or any two players. It's just kind of a system, you know, that, that they run. All, all state linebacker, though, Drew Bidwell is the guy who leads the defense. Um, 37 tackles, eight tackles for loss, three and a half sacks. It's a, it's a, team that's only you know given up 50 points all season only allowed one opponent to score more than a touchdown it's just you know it's it's a it's a stifling sort of defense and then the south christian side their only loss is in a nip and tuck battle with grand rapids catholic central which quite honestly is one of the you know top 10 to 15 teams in the state regardless of division so that's a South Christian team that is a very, very strong, uh, very, very strong program. I think their star that you're going to have to watch out for is is who on the Edwardsburg team is going to be able to eliminate six foot four wideout Elliot Gracious. He's got 48 catches, 11 scores this year. He's just a big play guy, and he's had, if I recall correctly, a big run in the playoffs. And if you take him out of the game, you know that's kind of a lot of the scoring for South Christian. But it's going to, I mean, when you're six four, that's 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 a big cover. I'm looking at it. Um... Like I look at a lot of these matchups, I'm looking at the the, the duel of quarterbacks, and uh, you know that's the, the the engine that makes it all go. Uh, you know, great quarterback play can be the the ultimate equalizer uh, in in a playoff format. So you you look at Grand Rapids South Christian. You got Jake DeHaan, who has just kind of blossomed in these last couple of weeks, taking over midseason, coming up from the JV, taking over for uh, I think it was, uh, it was Rise Brandt. Who was a star quarterback who got hurt? They bring Dehan up, and, and Dehan just you know is on fire. I think he threw six or seven touchdowns or five or six touchdowns in in one of his games, and uh, just ha- has looked outstanding. And then you go to the other side over at Edwardsburg, a junior, uh, Jacob Pagura, who ha- has been a real under the radar gunslinger for for Edwardsburg. So you know it's it's a very in- not just an intriguing matchup. You know, on the football field, it's an intriguing matchup when you're you're kind of uh, doing the the tail of the tape, if you will, uh, at, at the quarterback position. Um, I'm going to go with Edwardsburg here. Uh, they've just been machine like, uh, and I, I don't see them 
you know, I don't see that momentum being halted. I love South Christian in this game. I really do. I think that the way uh, that they have responded, I always look at teams that respond to tough losses. Grand Rapids CC, obviously a tough loss, one point. Uh, such a bizarre season to try to really do much gauging of anything. Uh, but, you know, as you look towards the latter part of the schedule, including the playoffs, that's when I feel teams are finally really hitting their stride. I think this is a team that is uh, year in, year out, battle tested. You know, we don't give enough credit to that West Side uh, group of teams that uh, love football so much and, uh, you know, have generations of, of athletes who, who go to the same schools and, and play for, uh, you know, their respective uh, mascots. And um, the Sailors is always a great, great mascot name. Great basketball school. You know, that's what we talk about, you know, South Christian a lot. Uh, but I like them here. Uh, I like uh, what they've done. And uh, I believe um, that, you know, and again, you, when you beat a team like, say, Grand Rapids Christian, Regardless if it's an up or down year for a team, that's a that's a school that has athletes, yeah. and they are always a program that is going to be, well, uh, you know, sending players on to the next level and be strong. You're talking and, about res- and they beat them twenty one to six. You're talking you know, about res- responding and then kind of going backwards yeah. to what yeah. I said two minutes ago. Yeah. Jake DeHaan, I, I said five or six uh, touchdowns in the game. He had seven touchdowns in one game, which I believe was a school record or a mm-hmm. county record. Yeah. Um, Coming up from the JV, I mean, he was a, in September. He was a JV quarterback, and yeah. now he's in the regionals trying to take his team to a state championship. I mean, that's that's the definition of a team responding, a player responding. Your star quarterback goes down. You go bring your JV quarterback, and he's not just a game manager; he's winning you games. Yep, yep. Really looking forward to it, Matt. Who do you got in this one? I'm going to take South Christian too. Okay. I just like. I mean, it's, I think we thought that Grand Rapids Catholic Central was going to kind of roll through yes. the regular season, and that was one of those. Ooh, even even in a loss, you know how close it was, and I believe they controlled the game for a lot of it. I don't know this, but I thought that was one where Catholic Central had to come back at the very last moment um, and, and win it in the final minutes. So it, it's one where that was kind of one of those. Oh, this is a this is a, we. We knew it was a good team, and this may be a great team. And this may be the hurdle that South Christian needs to really get them going uh, as far as being state title contenders. Uh, They won the state title in 2014, so this whole group has had to, and the next group has had to live with the fact that, you know, when they, uh, you know, have their alumni games and homecoming games and and those classes come in and and say, hey, where are you guys at? You know, uh, we we left you guys off, you know, with state titles, and you ain't... They do a a, a ring index or a ring roll call, and they're like, where are you guys? Yeah, I mean, they only had, you know, they've won a couple playoff games since then, and that's, you know, really it. This is their first district title since then, yeah. Yes, exactly. So here they are in the region. I like like them with momentum, but we shall see. It's going to be a great, great uh, matchup, I believe. Okay, Uh, real quick, guys, we've got our first State Champs Michigan show airing this Sunday. Highlights from all 34 regional football games. Please download the free State Champs Sports app on your phone or on Roku or on your Amazon Fire Stick. And I mentioned earlier... 
that the team with DMC Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine is back with us. We teamed up last year on segments we called Game Changers. I want you to go check them out. They're just two-minute videos, quick tips, good advice for you, the student-athlete, or you, the weekend warrior uh, who is past his or her prime. The top five DMC Game Changers videos that we published last year were, number one, about sensory training. Number two, about feet strengthening. That's really fascinating. Number three, about warming up properly. Number four, about the recovery boot that they have, which is incredible for athletes on how it can get you back and ready to play. And number five, on concussions. So to watch them all, find State Champs TV on YouTube and search DMC or check it out on the State Champs Michigan socials. Okay, we're down to our final three top most intriguing regional football playoff games. And uh, uh, number three is in Division Three, Region Four, seven and one River Rouge taking on six and three Detroit Martin Luther King. This game played at King High School, one o'clock. Scott, what's your take? This should be uh, just a, a, a real battle, a battle of wills, uh, a battle of attrition, a, a, a battle of uh, two outstanding coaching staffs. Um, you know, Detroit King. Dare I say they might have underachieved a little bit this year. I would uh, agree with that. Everyone is, was kind of looking at them as the class of of uh, the PSL, and it turned out to be Cast Tech. Um, but, you know, I think that gives them a chip on their shoulder yes. as, as we head towards, uh, you know, crowning the state champion. River Rouge, a lot of talent. You know, uh, <laughs> Corey does such a uh, an amazing job over there with the Panthers and the defending state champs. Yeah. We do forget about that right. sometimes. So, you know, you got Marion Rabowski under center, uh, you know, opposed to, you know, DJ Dante DJ Moore for, for King. That's a great quarterback battle. Um, River Ruse is just kind of really solid at, at every at every spot. Um, King might have a little bit more star studded talent, but uh, you know, guys that are, you know, higher higher level recruits. But River Rouge is just real uh, fundamentally sound on the line. Uh, they got a really good defensive backfield. Um, and, and you got Marion Robowski, who's just, you know, a, a, a playmaker, uh, a guy that's really improved his passing this year, um, a guy that's improved uh, his leadership, his, his football IQ. I think he's going to be great at, at Western Michigan uh, at the college uh, college level. And uh, I this is a this is a real toss up to me. You know, if I was if I was in Vegas and I was putting a line on this, I, I, it would be very difficult. Um, I probably right now will be leaning towards River Rouge, but um, this is this is just going to be a, a real nip and tuck battle. Uh, I agree with that. Uh, I am all about Dante Moore and the King Crusaders here in this one. Uh, I, I, it's hard for me to get a read on what East Point was this year. It was such an amazing story and how well, I mean, the game wasn't close at all. Uh, you know, so it's hard to kind of read where they were. I was at both games uh, versus Cast Tech, and uh, Cast Tech was really that good this year. Uh, but, you know, Dante Moore, again, getting more experience. Very special. With, very special. With every ball. snap, getting more experience, getting more seasoned. Uh, he's got some weapons uh, defensively. Uh, I think they're really going to bring it. 
in this one. Uh, Tyrone Spencer, I think, is is a motivator, very much like Corey Parker is. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think it's going to be uh, very interesting. I just really like uh, King uh, overall, the depth that they have, and uh, I think in a close one. Uh, and I, I believe this will be a close game. I believe that King uh, will find a way uh, to pull this one out. Those are my thoughts, Matt. These two teams, in my mind, are are very similar in that we don't really know how good they are. We think they could be very, very good. Yep. And I think a lot of that is based on tradition of the programs. I mean, we know what King has been over the last couple of decades, and we know what River Rouge has become under Corey in the last four or five years, and we know how talented they are. But realistically, we don't know since all of their litmus test games, really, they've lost. I mean, you look at, at, you know, some of the other ones, and I know River Rouge went independent this year because they had kind of this same problem before where, you know, they would get into the conference season, and it's a little bit the same for King when they're in the regular season in the PSL where they're not really, I mean, 55 nothing wins don't really do a whole lot for you where you're just absolutely, you know, boat racing somebody. It's, it doesn't really prove how good you are necessarily when you're that much more talented. And, you know, Rouge lost to East Lansing in their one key matchup. And King's got two losses to Cass, like you said, that were not very close. And one to Mona Shores that was not very close. They've beaten the teams they're supposed to beat and they're talented, but I don't know if we know. I think we think that both of these teams are really, really good teams. I don't know if we know yet which one or either of them is one of those elite teams that can go on and win a title because for the most part, neither of them have like that signature win that yet this year. They don't have that one where you go, ah, there you go. Right. And this could be the one for whomever wins this game. This could be the one Agreed. where you go, okay, well, they're what we thought they were. Yep. So I think, I think the one thing that River Rouge has in my mind that might be a formula for helping them win is like Cast Tech, they have a mammoth offensive line. Mm. And that's the one thing that King's got all kinds of, has all kinds of athletes, but they really have been big. They've been, you know, and even the ones that are going high level D1 are 260, 270. They don't have yeah. those 340s, the 350s, you know. River Rouge has got on the offensive line. And the other part is, even dating back to last year, I know one of the things that uh, uh, Muskegon said after the game was the thing with Rouge is they didn't have a tremendous amount of two-way play. Those kids were rested because they played one way. And Muskegon was playing two. And I know Kings, you know, got fewer of those two-way players too. But River Rouge is so deep most of the time that they're able to be fairly rested and have, you know, different guys on the offensive and defensive line. So I I think that those are the two factors that may tip it toward Rouge for me. Great points. And uh, Rouge is really building a football program and quite frankly, a basketball program too with Levante Stone. So River Rouge is, you know, all about getting that respect and putting themselves in the conversation with the cast and the Kings, and all those of the world. So I believe that they're going to be fired up for this one unlike any other. And uh, if you would have told me last year, uh, you could have told me that River Rouge was going to beat Muskegon, and I still would have said, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. There's just no way. And not only did they win, they won convincingly. Uh, And it it was a stutter. 
And you know what? I could be very wrong. And River Rouge can just say, hey, this is what we play for. Here we are. These are the games that matter. You know, East Lansing, whatever. You know, maybe we took it lightly or we just got beat on that day, but we're not getting beat anymore. Um, on the other side, I think for King, this is a game uh, and something that this program in years past Typically, this is when they really turn it on. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you have to remember they do have state championships uh, fairly recently and long playoff runs and uh, and typically a, a team with tons and tons of athletes and depth. Uh, how many have left either program for early enrollees? I don't know the answer to that. Um, so I don't know if there are key cogs that are no longer available for them. Uh, but let's say all things are equal. That's just the reason I go with, with King, and I, I really just love the upside of Dante Moore so much. Uh, and the tradition of quarterbacks at King, you look at, you know, uh, when we had a Mr. Football it was pretty special. just a couple of years pretty ago. Pretty special. So uh, we'll see. But it's going to be epic. The one thing I'll add uh, before we move on, yeah. the, the game within a game that I'm really interested in seeing is – uh, middle linebacker for King, Blake Bailiff, will be kind of, a, from uh -huh. what I've been told, will be kind of like a spy on Rabowski. So yeah, you need that. See him, if he can contain yeah. Rabowski and, and keep him uh, good, off, good that, off the edge because once Rabowski gets gets the oh, edge, yeah. yeah, it's... Uh, and, and then one thing I'll, I'll say is that, uh, so Marion Rabowski's dad, Kevin Rabowski, yeah. played basketball in the Big East, the old Big East at Boston College. And I got some family out in uh, in Massachusetts, and a couple of guys that I know played with Kevin Rabowski. And they just uh, yesterday, I got a couple texts from them. They're like, "How good is Kevin's kid at football?" I was like, "He's pretty good." Yeah. They're like, "He's not coming. We're not recruiting him for basketball." I was like, "No, he's already going to Western Michigan for football." But believe me, he's a pretty good football player. Yeah. So uh, his dad's old teammates. We're reaching out to see how That's good how good Junior is, and I was like, he's pretty good. Yep, no doubt about it. All right, number two, most intriguing regional matchup in Division Six, Region Two, eight and one Montrose at nine and zero oh Montague. This is a one o'clock game, so Montrose and Montague, Matt. As far as I can tell, these two have never met on the football field. At least I couldn't find a matchup between the two. I couldn't find it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, very interesting, and uh, uh, one of those games that uh, I think we're all going to look back on and say, "Wow, that was one of the better ones this weekend." Yeah, I'm. I'm going to go ahead and steal Scott's thunder because I know he yeah. wants to talk about talk this quarterback quarterbacks. matchup. So I'm going to go ahead and steal no, it, it and, and talk it. about you it first. It. It, Drew Collins obviously just just committed to Michigan Tech, and we talked about Brady Hesbrook being the Division Seven Eight uh, Player of the Year for the Associated Press All State. Drew Collins was the Division Five Six Player of the Year. You know, he's got 2,000 combined yards, 1,400 through the air, roughly, and 32 scores when you add a 17 passing you know, to, to 15 on the ground. You got two All-State linemen up in front of him, Walker Martin, who's headed to Grand Valley, and Hayden McDonald, who was probably, you know, D2, low D1, kind of, who's a junior. And then you've obviously got a kicker who had to come through big and Andrew Coy, 52 of 56 on PATs, two for two on field goals, including the, the obviously 
stress-ridden one against Whitehall. That was really the the key game for Montague during the regular season. Ended up winning 34-31 on that late field goal. They've given up 70 points all season. Half came in that game, roughly a little less than half. I mean, that's it's it's a it's a team that obviously a lot of people notice Collins and, and notice the offense, but it's also a team that is very good defensively. And then on the other side for Montrose, you've got a kid in Bobby Skinner who's got basically every passing record at that school: career passing t- uh, touchdowns in eight with eighty, career yardage with five thousand six hundred and sixty-seven, career record for completions and attempts. He's rushed for 3,000 yards and 39 touchdowns in his career. He's got, you know, roughly 2,500 total yards and 30 scores this season. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, which of these star quarterbacks can master the other defense. Because both of these teams have got pretty good defenses. Which one can can kind of wiggle loose? And it's going to be – this is going to be one of those – kind of where you almost set up are we going to have one of those you know drives in the fourth quarter where one of these guys takes the team on his back and and puts them over the top and and wins what is you know th- this is one of those as you said monumental matchups of this weekend it's like you know old school elway versus marino or new school rogers versus breeze or brady versus russell wilson you got drew collins the most underrated quarterback in the state, in my opinion. He's going to be a star at Michigan State. Then you got Bobby Skinner, maybe the grittiest, guttiest quarterback. He reminds me of Brett Favre just in terms of his swagger and his – he just – he loves contact. He He's a leader. Um, just I'm really excited for this quarterback matchup, as Matt you know predicted I would be. Um, and, you know, th- these are two guys that unless you're really – paying close attention they they might have gotten uh gotten past you in terms of uh, acknowledgments or or uh being able to, to to see some really good quarterback play in the uh in the lower regions of of, uh, of our football um here in the state but this is just going to be a, a a real real slugfest um and i'm going to i'm going to say that it it comes down to the last drive and 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 Drew Collins takes uh, Montague uh, on to the semifinals for the second straight year. Uh, his dad, Pat Collins, I believe, is the head coach. And it's going to be a, uh, a a happy household in the, in the Collins uh, brood next Sunday. Well, you know, in the incredible run over the last five years that Jackson Lumen Christie has been on, which has been really the 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 power in this conference. It's interesting. You look at, at 2018 and Lumen Christie beat Montrose in the semifinals and then Montague in the finals. Uh, so, you know, these are two programs that, and, and of course, you know, it was 2019 that Lumen Christie went back to the finals. It's, uh, this is an interesting scenario. Um, just the fact that, you know, this is a, um, what is it? This is a is this this is a D six game, D six, and Lumen Christie is now in D seven. So they're out of the equation when it comes to these two. So the, these two now are like this is our time. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you've been great, we've been great. It's now time for one of us this, to be greater. This this is like you know I, I get way too excited about I this know. kind of stuff. But like if anybody's been watching Cobra Kai. 
I love that. On Netflix. I this binged is, it already. This, this seen, is sorry. like sorry. Bobby Skinner I've and Drew Collins going at it on the field on Saturday right. is like Cobra Kai versus Miyagi-Do. That's okay. how intense this rivalry, which is they never played before, but right. this that's how intense that this this quarterback matchup's going to be. Yeah, not and, not Eagle Fang. Uh, oh, <laughs> Spoiler. And uh, you know they're they're both just savage beasts yeah. in the pocket. And Got it. This is just going to be a, a a real dandy. All right, so we have to pick who we think will be the victors. I, I said my, I, I think Montague uh, last, last second uh, touchdown drive by Drew Collins. Okay, how about you, Matt? I think Montague as well. Yep, we're yeah, we're we're all on the same page. I'm I'm with Montague, but again, uh, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be great, and I I really really have confidence that whoever wins this game has a great shot at winning the state title. Uh, all right, our number one, our final most intriguing regional football playoff game of this weekend here in the 2020-2021 playoffs. And, of course, this was going to be our number one game. In Division One, Region 3, Detroit Cast Tech, 9-0 at Belleville, 9-0. This game will be at Belleville, a 1 o'clock start. If both teams had all of their guys, this truly, truly would be an epic matchup. Not that it won't be great. Uh, I believe that Dion Burks for Belleville is the only early enrollee who will not play. So he's in he's in West Lafayette. The, he's right? already gone, from what I him? understand. He's he's gone. Um, explosive wideout, great talent, uh, but he's at Purdue. I believe Damon Payne and Jamari Button are playing. At least that's what like the Twitter so sphere sorry. has said. Um, what do we know about Cass Tech and who is playing in this game? and who has already gone off to their respective universities. Do we know? We Matthew. don't know for sure, and I know there has been some talk that it's kind of like, well, I'll tell you if you tell me, you know, kind of a little bit of gamesmanship. These two programs are not, There's, I don't think there's any animosity. I think it's almost teasing, but I don't think either of them really want to, you know, show their cards at this point and say definitively, this is, you know, who's going to be here. I know... The twins, Kalen and Kobe King, were expected to be early enrollees at Penn State, but I think they're going to play. Terrence Enos was also expected to be an early enrollee at Pitt, as was Raheem Anderson at Michigan. Michigan. All of those guys, I think, are going to play as of right now. That's Obviously, huge. That's, one of the, that's yeah, huge. You know, exactly. And, and even when you look at it, you know, Given the depth of talent on these these teams, if one or two of these guys, it would be a big loss. But I think both of them have other guys who can step into the, you know, into the breach. Deion Burks, if he's gone, well, they've got yeah. Jeremiah Caldwell and Christian Rowley, oh, who they can yeah. throw against Canton. And, he threw know, touchdowns Chris, to six different receivers. So yeah, I'm not really yeah, Christian Dewey about has, that. has spread the ball around all season. It's not just been one guy, yep. you know, and if, if they're missing anybody in the defensive backfield, well, you still got miles Rouser and Deshaun yeah. Lee. And, you know, he's got still got Jacoby Watkins on the line. They've got guys. It's the same thing with, yeah. with cast tech, those youngsters, Dion Walker and Masai Reddick and Jackson Pruitt on the line and Javin Sewell. So if you are missing a guy, it could be, almost be a little bit like when, um, uh, Rashad Williams missed the latter part of the postseason okay, for King yeah. a couple of years out. ago before going on to yeah, yeah uh, Rashawn yeah, yeah. Um, before um, going on and and all that happened was 
Ahmad Gardner, who was more of a DB up until that point, stepped right into the number one receiver role and was a star throughout that playoffs. And all he is is the probably the best lockdown <laughs> corner in NCAA football right now. I mean, it's Cin- just those, they're, if you, yes, yep, yeah. yep, sauce hasn't given Gardner. up a touchdown. All, yeah. yeah, sauce. He had a great season. Unfortunately, I think he missed the bowl game. But yeah, you have guys yeah. who can step into roles and be, you know. Take no over question. maybe a little so bit many athletes. These are both teams. teams. Yeah. So many athletes. Yes, they can play whatever. There's no question about it. Uh, and I, I, I got to tell you, I think the X factor, you know, the 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 real thing that can swing it one way or other is the sophomore quarterback for Cass Tech is is Sean is is Mumfield ready? It's been, been a revelation this year. He has been. They haven't played in a month. So I mean, I've seen Duree. I know what he's going to do. You know what do. you're getting. You he's going to go he's out there. He's going to be slinging it. Slinging, slinging it. it. Slinging it. And uh, and he is not afraid to run uh, if they're just going to, you know, all back off and just cover uh, all of his targets. Uh, he did very. He did that very effectively in the Kang game. He even had, had, had one touchdown, had another one called back, and it was really a kind of a bad call. Should have counted, uh, but they had no idea where he was. They're they're sitting there just trying to cover the the guys running routes. Um, so you know, Mumfield has been outstanding this season, and the question is, you know, in in the biggest moment when he's got some really really good talent coming after him, uh, obviously he's the line play, right? Yeah. Isn't that really the difference? The trenches on both sides, Damon Payne on the, one side, at the and point of attack. Raheem Anderson on yeah. the other, and and just. Just, you know, you're going to look at those two lines. You're going to watch the trenches, and you're going to be like, you know, you can name the power five that they're all going mm-hmm. to, and you can just be like, this this is a college game now because Cast- th- these guys are even older, older now. We're, we're now has, into January. Cass Tech has guys that aren't starting that are getting Division oh. One offers on the line. Right. Uh, to me, the game within the game here is on the sidelines. Teacher versus student. Um, mentor versus pupil. Uh, Thomas Wiltshire at, at Cast Tech, Jermaine Crowell over at uh, Belleville. Crowell had, you know, cut his teeth in the coaching ranks as Wiltshire's right hand man, and uh, then took over Belleville. What about four or five years ago? And it's yep. kind of turned, yep. yep. turned the Tigers into Cast Tech, Tech West. West. Yes, um, and uh, I'm just really excited to see those two kind of go at it in terms of play calling and yeah. and uh, you know. It, you know this it's it's all on the line now you know you throw it you, you know throw the throw the records out the book sounds cliche throw you know throw everything um away and just focus on what you got right now and it's do or die and you know they're gonna you know they're gonna be rolling everything out but the kitchen sink in terms of uh play calling and and packages and it should just be really exciting to see from a, a from a tactical point of view how these two coaches kind of go up against each other because they know each other so well. It's very much, you know, in terms of matchup and strengths and everything, it's very much like Ohio State and Alabama. You know, when you look at both programs and you don't see a lot of weaknesses in either, uh, and you see one who's more tried and true, if you want to say that, for Alabama, you know, and just on what they've been able to uh, accomplish. But here's Ohio State saying, hey, we've been here the whole time and, and we – are the next we we are now taking over we are ready to take over this mantle as your and division Damon one Payne power wants that state champion yes. before he heads down to tuscaloosa to yes. join the alabama crimson tide yes he does yes he does and that whole program does they need it, they, they need it for validation and and uh there is no 
there's no hiding the love that Jermaine Coel has for Christian Reed and how he advocates for his quarterback. Uh, someone who he's you know generational. I, I know and that's not and, overstatement. And even though he's not getting recruited by right. major colleges, that doesn't take away anything that right. he did as a high school quarterback. That's it. You can put him up against any high school quarterback that's ever played in the state of Michigan, and that's saying a lot. Yep. And so. These next few games are the ones that he is going to be remembered for. Um, I think we could even throw out last year's Brighton semifinal loss. I don't know what happened there, but it just was. Uh, the I just remember the West possession. Bloomfield game the week before, which was amazing. They yeah. came back and won that game. Um, so where are we at? Who's moving on? I'm going to say Belleville finally gets over the hump, um, wins this thing, something like 31-27 along those lines. Uh, it's going to be close, but I think Belleville takes another step towards really cementing themselves as a true superpower because they are a superpower, but they're a superpower that hasn't reached the, even the – let alone winning a state championship. They haven't been to the state finals yet. So Right. Yeah, they're like Aquaman <laughs> that is ready to take Ascent. out, uh, Ascent. you know, say, Superman, it's time for you to step back a little bit here. Uh, I'm going to go Belleville as well. I believe it is their time. I believe no matter how many points Cast Tech puts on the board, Belleville can put up seven in 45 seconds. If they need to, I mean, they can run three plays and be in the end zone, uh, no matter what, no matter who you have. And you want to talk about playing in cold weather? It was so flipping cold at that Canton game. Uh, I think I'm still cold from that game, and they absolutely uh, were throwing it wherever they wanted playing. I mean, there were there was no um, no problem at all on their side, and the defense for Belleville played outstanding uh, in that game. Matt, what say you? I think if all things are equal and we see all of the kids that we expect to see, that massive offensive line for Cast Tech, which, as, as Scott said, you've got kids who are backups or part-time players who are getting college scholarships from that line. They're so deep and so talented. If you want to say there's a weakness that Belleville has had over the last couple of years, it's stopping teams that churn the ball, just run and grind. Uh, even this year, of the 72 points they've allowed all season long, 26 was to Stevenson, 29 was to Canton, who are both ground and pound teams. Last year against Brighton in the final, in the semifinals, a ground and pound, a, a team who had been more wide open throughout the regular season, turned into a ground and pound team that kept the ball away from them. If you can play keep away from them, if you can grind it out. But like you said, if this gets into a track meet where you're trying to score in a short period of time, I got Belleville. And if they can get it into that tempo, it's Belleville. And let me just come back opinion. at you a little bit on the Canton game. It was 29 nothing at half. Um, Belleville really had nothing right. to play for at that point. At, at, at right. this point, they really wanted to just get, build depth, get other guys in there, get them sure. in, in positions. Um, so they did, a, while, that, while Canton did make a comeback, uh, I don't believe the game was ever even remotely no. in doubt. And no. if Belleville had so chosen, they could have put up. 55 60 right. so um yeah. but I, I i do i do understand what you're saying and and they haven't been tested like that this year 
So this is going to be their first real medal on what they're made of. Jamari Budden's going to play a big role at that linebacker spot. Um, you made a great point earlier. If the King brothers are playing, man, those are two tough hombres to deal with. And they'll be am I uh am I right when I say they'll be college teammates with Budden? Oh, yes. Budden's going to Budden's going to Yeah, yeah, they're all going to Yeah, they're all Penn State. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Which is wild. Yeah. Another great game within the game. So it's going to be fantastic. Uh, I'm assuming, Matt, that you're alluding because you were kind of waffly there. I'm, you're taking Cast Tech? I'm taking Belleville. Okay. All right. I'm going to think... take Belleville because, okay. as, Any... you, as you, you guys both said, I think this is the time they take and, that next step. And we do not know at this moment. We don't know if everyone's going to play or who's being allowed to or who's not. Such a unique thing this year with – Universities are they going to allow these guys to play and let them have their fun, or are they going to say, "Hey, man, we 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 can't take the risk of you getting injured." I'm looking right forward now in a cold weather game. I'm looking forward in two years to the uh, Happy Valley All Metro Detroit yeah. linebacking crew of Lance Dixon, yeah. Jamari Budden, and Kobe King. <laughs> that is wild. That That's right. Dixon might not be yeah. there by then, but yeah, and then Kalen will be in the secondary. Yeah, crazy. Crazy. Uh, all right, guys, before we wrap it up, this has been a lot of fun. I know it's it's been a long show. We'll cut it up on social media so that you can uh, digest it maybe uh, a little more to your liking. Uh, we personally love doing this. I can this, sit here for like I know. two there's, hours there's and no still question. talk about this. Though. Yeah, we got lots of other games we could talk about, too. Uh, anything you guys would like to promote right now for the website? Uh, any scout teamwork? I know we've got the scout show that uh, premieres every Wednesday here on the State Champs uh, Sports Network. So Scott covering Indiana, uh, Matt uh, writes Michigan that uh, that I record, and then we have Alan True uh, handling the Ohio side of things. So that content is up, and we've never stopped with that. We we did not take a winter break. Um, but anything else that uh, you're working uh, I, on? I got a blog that will be coming out this week uh, about uh, half dozen lineman prospects on the offensive line that are starting to really get some traction in for Michigan. Re- yeah. For Michigan. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't be promoting Indiana stuff on this show. Well, that's true. if people want to, they can yeah. go t- turn into my Indiana blog and yeah. see uh, my uh, class of uh, 22 quarterback power rankings. But yeah, well, you uh, know what? That's uh, if you're a high school football <laughs> fan and you, especially when you're thinking about the next level, yeah. we have allegiances to other universities and stuff, or you want to see, Hey, who's the next guys coming up at but, Purdue or Indiana, but about a half dozen guys and, and just kind of, piggyback into the game we just previewed Jacoby Watkins is a junior at Belleville who right now has got I think he's got two power five offers Kentucky and maybe Maryland and he got him back in the spring but this is a kid that I expect in the next couple months to just the floodgates will open and, and he'll get a ton of power five offers so he'll, he's he's a major uh, X factor in the game against Castec because he is a, a just a, a a force of nature on the line. Yeah, and the fun thing too about that is that these are the games that scouts uh, with a watch says, like, "How did you do against really good competition?" Well, it doesn't get better on either side for that. So and then you've there's got a great tape from that if you're dominating. And then there's a freshman at West Bloomfield that I really like, Ryan Ross, who who earned a starting spot and uh, should be getting some Power 5 uh, interest in the offseason. Yeah. Uh, his his teammate, sophomore Amir Herring, has already got a bunch of Power 5s. So West Bloomfield on the line is, is set for the next couple of years. Nice. Any uh, Anything you got coming up, Matt? I'm just trying to get caught up with 
working on ahead on trying to figure out what basketball season is going to look like for yeah. boys and girls. For it's it's been so weird, and I know it's gotten weird enough that uh, uh, kids kind of don't know what's going on. To give you an example from from Jenison and Ali Van Timmeren, who is one of going to be one of the top ten. Uh, girls in you know this year's girls basketball and probably a, a very high level miss basketball candidate was unsure enough of what was going on that she was like okay well i'm going to be an early enrollee at boston college she played the other night and i believe had close to a double double i mean she played at we've BC? got at bc yeah she she wow. left early she she left early i That's think wild. right after christmas yeah and and you know we've got gabby elliott who's playing at clemson and playing well and and again as we've mentioned before the yeah. level of talent especially on the high end in in the state of michigan is is second to very few places well talking about basketball uh last week i on my scout team i did a power ranking for the catholic league and the Catholic League right now in boys basketball is as stacked yeah. as it's been in probably twenty years. Yeah, probably years. since state champs began right around I mean, two thousand two. You got ten. Yeah. You got probably ten guys in the Catholic League right now that will be playing major college basketball. That's dope. Um, and then one thing I'll just end with um, to kind of tie it into some of our sponsors, Lawrence Tech uh, just got two really talented uh, football commits mm-hmm. from Oakland County. Uh, Justin Gabriel, who's you know just a, a very very dynamic wide receiver, yep, slot huge. receiver for for Wall Lake Western, mm-hmm. he committed. He's a guy to me that was a you know borderline Division One recruit. I mean, he could have, in my opinion, if he would have waited a little longer, might have been able to catch on with a Mac school. Mm-hmm. So that's a great grab for, for Lawrence Tech. And then we, we mentioned the the Grove uh, uh, Chicago controversy. Uh, uh, Caleb Gardner, uh, the quarterback who came from Chicago and started right. at, at, at Groves. And, you know, we can go into that, but we don't have to. Right. Uh, he was committed to St. Thomas, which was a, uh, a Division Two program that's transitioning into Division One in Minnesota. And uh, Lawrence Tech flipped him. So now Caleb Gardner, um, 6'2", dual-threat quarterback, uh, will be heading to Lawrence Tech. All right. Fantastic. Congratulations, Blue Devils. Okay, boys, uh, we're going to do this again next Monday. We'll premiere it on Tuesday, and we'll talk about what took place in the regionals. Get ready for the state semifinals. So uh, it's going to be a wild weekend. Uh, We're going to be very busy on the State Champs Michigan uh, social channels. Uh, Please just, uh, you know, like us, follow us, because you're going to get updates all day about what we're doing. Lots of video content. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, make sure you check these guys out. Read their stuff at statechampsnetwork.com. Watch the Scout Show. And uh, let's get ready for a great January. It's going to be phenomenal. And, uh, yeah, we're getting ready for winter sports as well as finishing up this fall sports thing. And, you know, volleyball quarters get going next week. So uh, crazy stuff, crazy stuff. But uh, that's what we love, and we're, we're ready to go. We've been sitting on our heels far too long. So let's do that. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. For Scott Bernstein and Matt Mowry, I'm Lauren Plant. We'll see you next time on the State Champs Michigan Extra Point Podcast.